Hey, it's Ross Payton with Roleplaying Public Radio. <laughs> Not going to do that intro yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, we're assholes. We're just assholes. Second <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, hey, this is Ross Payton with Roleplaying Public Radio. We're playing a one-shot of Bleak Spirit. Uh, this is a game I realized I owned uh, because I found it in the itch.io uh, TTRPG Transright Bundle along with 492 other things, and it didn't take until I started diving through that thing. Oh, I actually own this. Uh, it is a storytelling game, collaborative storytelling game, uh, that uses the same system as another game called Lovecraft-esque, but this is not trying to do Lovecraftian mythos. This is instead uh, trying to emulate the uh, From Software's uh, family library of games, although it is more open-ended, you could actually, there's no, like, specific genre tropes that are enforced in it. Uh, so. Other than depression? Other, it is supposed to, it is called Bleak Spirit. It is supposed to be kind of lonely. It is about a wanderer, a lone traveler from somewhere else, who, bear, who bears a heavy destiny. Uh, and so, uh, in order to get started, of course, we have uh, uh, with us here today, Aaron and Caleb. Hi, Aaron. Hello. And Caleb. I, I am the resident bleak spirit, yes. Yes, uh, this is true. Now, we're all going to be... Uh, so, I'm going to start with, as the facilitator, reading from the teaching guide, which is in the book, and I print it out, and we actually take turns reading from this. So, um, we're going to use our teaching guide to help us learn this game. We're not... We'll read it section by section as we play, so that we're not trying to learn all the rules in one go. If you've got questions, go ahead and ask, but don't worry. If in the early scenes you aren't sure how things are going to work, we'll get to that. And then, uh, yeah... I think I discovered the part of the book that made Ross run this one. What, a teaching guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It does sound like an interesting novel way to teach a, mm-hmm. a game. And I assume uh, you don't want me to read the stage directions, so... <laughs> the italicized things are the stage directions. Yeah. I need to read those. I, I did not, so yeah. All right, uh, but the next part, uh, the player. This is a storytelling game to describe a lone wanderer amid a foreboding, melancholy landscape, the great destiny they bear, and how that unfolds when they confront their adversary. We're going to take turns revealing lore about the world or the adversary, and after each scene, we'll privately leap to conclusions about what the real truth might be. We'll write down our conclusions, but we won't share them, not yet. When it's your turn to reveal lore, your conclusions will steer your contributions to the story. In the end, one of us will weave everything together into a climatic finale, if I can say climatic correctly today. Each scene, one of us will play the Wanderer, one will play the world, and the rest of us will be the chorus. The roles of the world and Wanderer move to a new player after each scene, so everyone will get a turn. The Wanderer is the main character, a mighty adventurer who has come to this place following a particular destiny. When we play the Wanderer, we do not describe their inner thoughts and feelings, only their actions. The world frames scenes, reveals lore, describes the people, places, and events of the Wanderer encounters and controls how they respond to the Wanderer's actions. The chorus helps the world by adding atmosphere and details, and by playing secondary characters if the world needs them to do so. Before we start, we should have a clear idea of the kind of story we want to tell. Uh, By default, the game is set in a world of swords and sorcery amidst the ruins of former greatness. There may be great civilizations uh, elsewhere in the world, but here, where the story takes place, there's only faded grandeur and melancholy reminders of what happened before. Uh, 
what went before, populated by dangerous creatures and xenophobic remnants of former inhabitants. The few talkative souls who come to the Sulcal are eccentric creatures, focus on their own thoughts above all else. They may prove useful allies or bitter enemies. So this is the 5e Dark Souls hack, right? I read this about is, this on Twitter. This is not <laughs> that. <laughs> Where's my binder full of stats? We could set it in the 5e. It is a game. Yeah, we could set the game this in the 5e out, Dark Souls. Out. Where the players, the wanderers trying to get through broken game mechanics. Yeah, I yeah. need a D6938. Yeah. yeah, or whatever. Ten hours later. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, the world is... Oh, oh, see, this is a world where morality is decidedly gray. The easy path is always the soft lie or timely betrayal. Altruism is a quick route to self-destruction or exploitation by the more cynical. There are heroes in this world, yet the Wanderer may even be one, but they are a tragic breed. This is a world where information never comes easily. Other people keep their cards close to their chest, revealing only what you know. Scroll graffiti, other offer clues to what happened there. Loose pages torn from ancient tomes give cryptic descriptions of the adversary's origins and nature. And yet this world is a, where beauty still lingers. Amid the ruins, the grime, and the corruption, there remain places of breathtaking wonder and people who gladly take the suffering of others onto their own shoulders. These moments are all the more precious for their rarity, but we'll probably see at least one. <laughs> uh, Role-playing games are, by their nature, unpredictable, and that's part of the fun! There's an exclamation point mm-hmm. there. Uh, but it means that without a little care, stories can go places that we don't want, so we've got a couple of rules here to make that course that we all like. First of all, is the ban list. If you know up front that there are topics which you don't want to see, uh, we're going to all take a few minutes and now write them down. These can be things which you don't want to come up because they make you uncomfortable, things that you don't want to deal with right now, or just topics or themes you are bored of. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to put one on for Christian Demons in Hell because I just think it's an overdone trope. Um, So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I think we're here. Yeah. yeah, all right. Good enough for me. Suck it, mammon. <laughs> uh, these items are the ban list. Everyone needs to know what's on here, because as far as this game is concerned, these things will not happen. If it looks like the story's heading in the direction of one of these elements, anyone can call halt. We'll find a new way to go from where we are, or rewind far enough that one appears. Second rule is this. Uh, it's the X card. Mm-hmm. This is the X card. If anyone feels like the story is going somewhere that they don't want it to, whether it's written on the ban list or just something you decide in the moment as you become aware of it, then just wave this card or tap it or say X card or otherwise indicate a big X. When that appears, we stop what we are doing. We might be able to steer the scene in a different direction and continue, or we might need to stop playing altogether. We'll work it out if it happens. Different people handle different things different ways, and our opportunity... Our priority should always be the comfort of everyone playing. Thank you for helping me with this. Uh, we're going to start by establishing the jumping off point for a story which has been established in the scenario we're using. We also agree to the general tone, duration, stakes of the game. Uh, so this is going to be uh, an open-ended part where we talk about the tone um, and uh, some other things. Now this is there are options of doing this as part of an ongoing game, but it's going to be a one-shot, so that's one of the things we're establishing. Uh, so, uh, And also, in general, there are three parts to the game. Part one consists of five scenes, exploring the world, confronting dangers, discovering more. 
uh, one piece of lore is introduced in every scene. Part two, uh, three up to three more scenes in a similar vein, environment growing darker and more dangerous with each edition. And then part three, the final confrontation between the Wanderer and the Adversary. Uh, then an epilogue wraps things up. So um, when the scene starts, the world decides if it, the person playing the world decides if it's a danger scene, an interaction scene, or a feature scene. Um, and we'll get into those in a second, but danger, obviously, you have to, uh, the Wanderer has to pay a price to get past some sort of danger, killing a monster, overcoming a hazard, um, disarming a trap, something like that. Interaction scenes where they meet somebody and they can talk to them. Uh, or, you know, usually just one person. And then feature scenes are shorter and they kind of like a uh, rare moment of quiet and chance for the wonder to show what sort of person they are. So, uh, let's see here. There are some things about the tone that are sort of written in the game's rules. Uh, we do not describe the wanderer's internal monologue. We know how they speak and how they act and how they behave, so we only see what is external. We don't see anything internal. Third-person objective. Okay. Yeah. I mean, always true. No explanations, only lore. Uh, truth of things is not going to be found in a discarded journal or heard from a helpful passerby. We may never know the truth and have to settle for truths are, are, are of our own. Uh, to each a world entire, the other characters that wander meets will never seem quite right. Cryptic, preoccupied with their own concerns, perhaps only visitors to the place. No one will give a direct answer to a direct questions, but uh, we can change things. We can make things clearer. We can make things more heroic and unambiguously. Uh, you know, good versus evil. We can make the wanderer... Uh, well, I would say I would keep this... Uh, we could make the wanderer uh, failable, like they may not get to the adversary, but I would say let, let, for a one-shot, let, let's have the wonder at least get to the end. Uh, <laughs> they may not survive the adversary, but let, let's get to the end. Uh, and then Levity, by default, Bleak Spirit has almost no jokes in it. But uh, but if you want to make dramatic, uh, dramatically change the tone of a game, go ahead and make it funny. Mock the tropes it draws on, and describe the wonder succeeding through luck thin skills. So this is this is a conversation. So what do you uh, what do y'all think? Uh, I will try and respect the authorial vision of the game okay. and not make fun of friends off writing the entire time. <laughs> okay. Do my level best. All right. I think that's... A few that's, may slip through. I, I will also... That, that I will try my best as well. I think that's a good tone to pick. I will try. You will t- no, you're not even your best. You're just not even. Try. I'll try some. <laughs> yeah, you'll try some. Not like hard. Not hard, yeah. Let's yeah. be honest. My, my, my sole really experience with the... With a from software game, I didn't really come from it with a positive experience. <laughs> well, I mean, then that then sounds like you 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 can connect to the bleak spirit. Then. <laughs> um, so uh, let's see here. Uh, then we can determine like the con- the the type of story there is. There are four types passing through. The wanderer will survive, and while there will be definitely changes in the setting as a result of the storyline, the changes will be localized to Reminder. Uh, the Doomed Pilgrim. This is the climax of the Wanderer story. They may not survive, or if they do, they'll be forever transformed by their experiences. But local changes notwithstanding, the world will grow in much as it always has. Uh, Traveler in Black. The Wanderer is only here for a short while and will lose little, but the world will forever be altered by their passage. Or Ultimate Finale. The Wanderer has reached the end of their story, and the fate of the world hinges on their choices. Everything can change, nothing is safe. So, um, what do you think? Uh, just passing through? That's pretty easy in terms of like we don't like it, it because this is a one shot we're not going to be as deeply connected to it um yeah sure yeah okay. uh-huh. 
Like, but it, if you, you were doing, you could do multiple games with this and build up to ultimate finale. Yeah, like so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Well, I kind of like the idea of ultimate finale only because it goes through and we're just confused by the end. Like, how did this happen? How long think, is even? I don't think I will have found the ultimate finale. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't read the description inscribed on the inside of my pants <laughs> for the clue that I need to solve the riddle. The seamstress okay. of the stars. So figure out the tone, the duration, the stakes. Um, Few details about the setting, uh, referring back to the band list. Um, all right, so now we're we're sort of world building at this point uh, in terms of what we're. Uh, so we need to figure out um, where this is happening actually, and uh, what the kind of stuff that is going to be around. So a uh, few details about the setting. So uh, so we're doing sort of like the suggested fantasy. Medieval, medieval-ish, but lots of that, you know, uh, uh, kind of setting. So, an area is like a big look. Is a place they can have multiple locations within it. Each scene takes place at a location. So, like a manor could have multiple, like each, like the ballroom, the throne room. Each of those could be like. Well, they have some examples. Um, let's see here. The let's see here the the forest. Um, so the secluded laboratory could have like the beast pens, the learning tower, the guest wing, the experiment chamber, um, or the forest could have you know ruins, the the weird magical tree, the 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 battleground, you know. So what kind of area uh, first? Like what is the the terrain, the envi- the, the the type of environment that the that this story is going to be taking place in, like. Um, the bone quarry. The bone quarry. That's where we get them. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, it has multiple locations in it. So. Okay, so. Oh wait. I mean, there's a processing area. Okay. You got to mine the bones. Okay. Probably selling the bones somewhere. Maybe some sort of smelter for bone-related materials. So <laughs> obviously, sun, uh, it's obviously sun bleaching stands. So sun bleaching. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a okay. workers' quarter. Okay, yeah. All uh, right. Yeah. All right, bone quarry. <laughs> uh, bone bosses. Mm-hmm. Manor. <laughs> Let's see here. The So that's the area. So, um, and don't forget the bone market too cuz you know, you <laughs> uh, you have to get you have to get your heirloom bones out easily or else uh, uh, let's see. One location per. Okay, so we've already named some. So let's name one location per player. Uh, so I will. Um, the bleach fields. The bleach, bleach fields. fields. Okay, yeah. so that's good. Then I let's see here. I will take a. What would you call it? The. Um, the examiner's uh, office. All right. Uh, I feel like it's a terrible shirt I saw in a bar once. <laughs> the bone examiner. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah. The uh, oh, the that uh, it's like and the and one place of worship too. The uh, the house of skulls. So. House of skulls. I like that. Yeah. All right. I wouldn't say the house of the screaming skulls, but that'd be derivative. So. Yeah. Okay, and now we need to talk about the Wanderer. Uh, the Wanderer needs a name, um, a style, you know, look, um, 
And so then a background, uh, a trinket from their homeland. Um, the Wanderer is not from here. He is not from the Bone Quarry. Okay. Uh, and then something about their behavior. So we'll, we'll do this one at a time. So what, what, is, what is our Wanderer named? Um, Osk. Osk? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll add a K to that to make it more fantasy. Um, Osk. O-S-C-K. Yeah. Uh, style. Um, what's our build? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this run. What are we on? We're doing faith. This is a luck build. Um, uh, actually, this is, uh, no, it, it's going to be heavy armor, uh, specializing in cold. He comes from a, a, a far north, uh, land specifically. Sword and it? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, how about his armor is made of, like... Like it's actually made from magical ice, um, like it, that never, you know, it never melts. <laughs> magical ice armor. He's numb to the world and his feelings. Well, we we don't. I mean, we can't tell. We don't. That's internal. Like, yeah. Made Mister Freeze. Yeah. <laughs> uh, magical ice armor. What kind of weapons? Oh man. I mean, probably you know what ice weapons too, right? No, yeah, no. I was thinking like like. like um, like hooks and things, like he could uh, la- use to latch <laughs> onto pinheads. So we're playing a mini boss. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, like like something he could use to latch onto a larger beast. You know, like if he's hunting. Uh, it, well, we don't even know if it's a heat maybe just a like a single that. harpoon. Yeah, oh, okay. Like harpoon. Okay. Like he can either do the impale or he can just grab the rope and go all spinny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wee. That's, right. that's what that means. I agree. Oh, okay. I like the heart. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we already also established the background from the frozen north. Um, uh, which and they they hunt you know uh, hunter of beasts. Uh, Whaling in the bone quarry. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're whales. Okay. Uh, I don't know. That's yeah. what you typically use harpoons for. Yeah. Whale-like creatures. Steam uh, whales. These whales fight sky whales. Uh, <laughs> I said steam whales, too, because their breath is the only thing that actually breaks the ice on there, too, so it becomes okay. deadly. Uh, they have a trinket from their homeland. What is it? Uh, we don't know why this, why this thing's, uh, uh, why they have this thing is likely to remain a mystery, but they have something they brought with them. Um, mm-hmm. In a, an hourglass. hourglass. In a crystalline hourglass. Ooh. I like that. Does this work, or is this one of those joke picks that actually doesn't have an effect on your stats? <laughs> uh, behavior. Now, this is uh, an anchor for playing a character, such as inquisitive, cautious, and patient, and so on. So, like, what is some observable behavior uh, that you could get from this character, from Osk? Uh, could be... S- silent, uh, could be patient, uh, could be, I mean, I'm thinking like hunter-like traits. Um, uh, he does the Mifune thing a lot. Uh, <laughs> so constantly scratches himself. <laughs> Alright. Uh, Itchy when not killing things. <laughs> yeah. Itchy, fidgety. I was going to say, is that a Uchi where he's asking people for massages all the time? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am not asking for a massage in the bone cord. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely refuse. Uh, power. The Wanderer is a potent individual equal to almost any challenge. What is the source of their strength? Um, 
perhaps they gain power from the beasts that they uh, slay and consume. I mean, it's pretty. I actually have a worse one. Okay. That. Uh, it, drawing in the final breath from what they kill. Ooh. <laughs> as dark yeah. as possible. There you go. Drawing from uh, final breath of their prey. Damn, that's fucking. Yeah. Uh. The Breath Hunter. That does sound like a boss in Dark Souls. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's see here. This right, I guess it would be pretty creepy to be murdered by a guy who then immediately made like a straw sucking face. And <laughs> or just immediately, I'm trying to make out with you. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Well, it's probably like when you die from a harpoon, um, you know, you're, you just have to exhale. I mean, that's why you need a harpoon. It's a big close. Yeah. Yeah, bring him over there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the breath sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get over here. But they exhale this. It's like, and uh, the breath is always visible, like if you're in the cold, because the harpoon freezes you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just just inhale, absorb that. Um, God, we really have made Sub Zero, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, Sub Zero slash Scorpion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dash of Scorpion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I take it. Um, we're nearly ready to begin our tale. Uh, the first scene has to contain some piece of lore which hints at the truth of the area or the powerful adversary who haunts it. Anyone has a good idea for this lore, don't say anything. But you can play the world. Uh, I'll play the world for the first scene. At the end of each scene, we'll pass our role, world wanderer chorus to the left so everyone gets a turn in every role. Um, so I'll be the world. Um, and who wants to be the wanderer? Uh, and who wants to be the chorus for the first scene? Um, then we'll just rotate. I can do the course for the first scene, so... Okay. 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 Uh, the world is like the author of the book, uh, except that they don't get to cho- uh, control the actions of the wanderer. The world chooses whether a uh, scene is set, uh, who or what is present, and whether a scene focuses on danger, interaction, or a feature of the setting. Uh, the world describes how the other inhabitants of the setting act and play uh, any talking characters like an actor in a film or a play. Um... The world should bring uh, the uh, chorus in by uh, pausing often to allow them to contribute details and elaborations, asking them questions, and building on the answers. Finally, the world chooses when to end the scene. Um, Usually the scene ends when the wanderer leaves this uh, location. Um, So, and then... You get to read the next part. It's Wanderer at the bottom right. <clears throat> the Wanderer is the main character and is in every scene. When it's your turn to play the Wanderer, you speak for him again like you're playing them in a film or play and describe their actions. But it's the world's job to tell you the results of those actions. Pay special attention to the Wanderer's mannerisms and expressions because the Wanderer is a cipher. Their history, their true nature, and the inner thoughts are unknown to us. Alright. Uh, the chorus. Everyone else plays the chorus. The chorus supports the world in a number of ways, primarily by adding sensory descriptions and elaborating on whatever the world describes. When you're a chorus member, you don't take over the scene, introduce lore, or do anything that would change the direction of the story. Instead, you try to reinforce the atmosphere which the world is creating. In addition, when the world asks questions and the chorus provides answers, top of the head answers, not considered ones. Uh, finally, if the wanderer ends up in a conversation with multiple people, the chorus plays uh, secondary characters, so the world doesn't end up talking to themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. During the first two parts of the game, scenes are fo- focused on discovering more. 
during uh, every scene, the world will reveal one piece of lore. Lore is information either about the area itself or about the adversary, the powerful threat uh, that dominates it. The lore can be anything. Graffiti, uh, clues, or theories dropped by other characters, a distant odor, a symbol or a manifestation, or an overwhelming vision. Anything that stands out is significantly strange against the backdrop of the world we create. Something to remember when introducing lore is that in the game of Bleak Spirit, knowledge is never straightforward. Lore does not reveal information, but hints at it in a cryptic and an arcane manner. Uh, also bear in mind that we can add in bits of atmospheric detail as the world or the chorus without making them lore. We can reuse old lore freely. When lore is introduced, we write the details down in an index card. Uh, whenever we write down on these cards, it'll help us to create the adversary at the end of the game. Um, the world, let's see, hands us wonder. Okay. Oh. The last thing to cover before we start are special cards. Everyone gets. Oh, uh, we don't do the special cards for the first time we play. Never mind, then what I read. Uh, I guess that's it then. Exactly. <laughs> uh, special cards for the next playthrough. Yeah, it's said the first time you, you play, you probably shouldn't use the cards. Um, so, uh, okay. So we'll just go ahead and get started with the game. Um, so, as the world, I'll pick the first scene. Um, and I will say the, f- and I get to set the air, the location that we're in for the first scene. And what it, what it, what type of scene it is? So I'm going to say it's, we're just going to start out with a danger scene, um, and uh, this is the uh, the Spine Bridge. Uh, it is a bridge to the Grom Quarry uh, made of monstrous spines, um, creatures that were far larger than human. Um, and tied together with cartilage, ancient now. Um, it, the sun is setting. Uh, on the other side of the bridge, it is fog. We do not see what is on the other. Where the wanderer, as Osk enters, starts walking on the spying bridge. Um, he see you know, the, the area comes out of it's foggy. We don't see what that area is like. Um, but we do see um, the spying bridge has a massive... Um, sign uh, at the far end um, in in large in an ancient language uh, something is written above we don't know what it is uh, it is of course uh, possibly it is illegible because many of the the bones and other metal bits woven to make it um, are uh, falling apart uh, but there is a gangly um, figure. Uh, guarding the bridge. Um, it, it has a cloak covering it uh, and has a, a, a wide-brimmed hat um, and it it carries uh, in its hands a uh, pickaxe um, dragging it along the ground. Uh, it calls out uh, to the wanderer um, that uh, no one may enter. The bone quarry is closed, especially to outsiders. Uh, so what does the wanderer do? Uh, Osk looks at the time of day, takes off his pack, and uh, begins preparing a fire. Okay. At uh, the base of the spine bridge. At the bait, like he's at the bottom of the bait. No, wait, waiting to. He has not entered okay. the spine bridge. Okay, he's just off of it. Yeah. Okay. So he starts making a fire. Um, 
let's see. Uh, the the guard, the bridge guard, uh, we'll just call it. Um, what kind of uh, he takes something else out from beneath his cloak? What is it? Uh, of course. Uh, it's a pipe. So one that is made of a obvious oversized femur. Okay. Uh, that is carved into horrific shapes. Uh, it's like Mirshan shapes of human agony. So, mm-hmm. and just begins packing it with some sort of plant material while staring at the wanderer from the edge of the bridge. Okay. Uh, all right. So the uh, all right. So there's this tense standoff between the bridge guard and the wanderer. So the wanderer's made a fire at this point. Um, what what does he do next? Um, he meditates there until nightfall. Okay. Um, when it grows cold, it grows cold. Okay. Uh, what else changes about this place uh, when it becomes night? Uh, when it changes night, the bridge, it's even though the air and the atmosphere is becoming cold, the bridge, oddly enough, starts to become warmer as though that the marrow that is within the bones that's constructed of is somehow still alive and generating heat. Okay. Um, and that heat that actually draws, uh, nocturnal creatures, um, below, uh, both the bridge guard and Oz can hear uh, the flapping of thousands of wings as uh, bats fly through uh, beneath the bridge, catching insects drawn to the warmth and the light. There is a soft red glow coming from inside these ancient spines. Um, so, but yeah, Osk needs to pass through sooner or later. Uh, when the wind is at its coldest mm-hmm. and, and whipping over the spine bridge, mm-hmm. Uh, he takes a small pot of now boiling water off of the fire mm-hmm. uh, in one hand and then uh, goes walking onto the bridge with his harpoon as a cane almost. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, the bridge guard starts stalking towards uh, him, uh, hefting the pickaxe with uh, uh, what was he doing with the pipe, the, the femur pipe? Uh, he was smoking it. So. Okay. He puts the pipe away hefts the pickaxe in both hands and gets ready to uh, strike the uh, wanderer down. Um, but how does Osk... Uh, uh, the, the, the duel is uh, afoot. Um, uh, he throws the water behind him mm-hmm. and uh, the pot as well mm-hmm. and then uh, holds up the harpoon to defend against the, the watcher's attacks. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, the chorus, uh, the Wanderer will uh, overcome this threat. Uh, that is sort of the nature of the game, but he will have to pay a price. Um, and the chorus gets to uh, choose, give two options, and then the Wanderer gets to pick uh, which of those two. Now, in part one, uh, the, the the threats are relatively minor. Like, the, the, like the Osk is going to just annihilate this bridge guard uh, one way or the other. So, um, yeah, the... Let's see here. Uh, they have some suggestions here. But basically, yeah, you can... Of course, you get to determine what are two possible uh, prices the uh, uh, 
Wanderer could play. Okay. Um, you ob- yeah, you're, the Wanderer will obviously take down the foe uh, of this bridge guard. Um, I have some options. I have some examples if you want some examples of. Uh, sure, we can listen to this. All right, so torn clothing, scrapes and bruises, winded, slow poisoning. Uh, that a promise you intended to keep, an ally or a friend got hurt, distracting visions, a curse of ill luck, a strange compulsion, a minor infection or allergic reaction, or your self-image. You didn't think you were capable of that. <laughs> so you give him uh, yep. two options and the right. water gets big. Um, so one is that you're, the fight that you're going to, the fight that you've taken uh, causes such a loud, basically loud commotion that it disrupts the bats that are feeding underneath the spine bridge and send them into a fury which, unfortunately, you are bitten multiple times and I end gain a minor uh, a minor fever over the next couple of days. That's my price. Or, uh, or, or, oh. or as you uh, finish off the guard and attempt to steal the breath, is breath as a part of your custom, um, he takes one last uh, breath. Uh, excuse me, breath through his pipe and feeds that into you, and you can hear screaming as you breathe in what you assume is the anguished souls this person has killed, uh, which will be at least a minor poisoning uh, for the night and giving you horrible nightmares. All right, I'll do that one. Okay, okay. so you can narrate how the battle concludes. Um, Osk. Blocks many attacks from the bridge guard, uh, capably, until he uh, throws his harpoon down and uh, jumps over the side of the spine bridge, mm-hmm. holding a rope, uh, spinning around it and coming back uh, behind it on the other side. Um, but unarmed, uh, away from his harpoon, the bridge guard uh, advances and then hits the now frozen water across the spine bridge, at which point Osk uh, rips the rope uh, and, and knocks the creature prone before uh, coming down and stabbing it in its chest. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, very good. Uh, as you finish off, as, as Osk finishes off the, the bridge guard, um, the uh, he, he cries out, It is forbidden by the prophet to enter. It is cursed. Um, and that is uh, the first bit of lore. Um, so just write that down, mm-hmm. uh, I guess. On well, we can just write it on one piece of paper. Uh, uh, bone quarry, uh, forbidden. Uh, it is by the prophet and cursed. Um, great, uh, Henry. Uh, so that ends the first scene. Um, and now we have a few things to do. Uh, first of all, while the scene is fresh in your mind, we're going to lead to conclusions. This means writing down what you think is really going on. Uh, what the real story behind this place is or what the adversary might be. Most importantly, you do this without discussing with the other players. Everyone's idea should come from them and them alone. At this point, none of us have much to go on, so the ideas will be pretty wild. That's fine. You'll be able to refine them. Uh, after every scene, and by the time the end games are on, you have a concrete idea of what's going on. Second, if the Wanderer has been behaving in a consistent manner, uh, we can add another behavior to the index card. We don't have to, but we can. Third, if we've learned anything about the area locations, we note that down on the relative index cards. Um, and 
then we pass our rolls to the left. So I'm going to pause the recording so we can... There are four questions. Um, what was this area at its height of uh, glory? How did it fall? Uh, what is the nature of the adversary? Um, how was the adversary linked to the fall of the area? So we have to answer all those as the jumping to the conclusions. Mm-hmm. Or, okay. And these are so. these are things. Um, so I put uh, someone on the game's itch page suggested you put it on a separate piece of paper each question. Uh, so we'll pause the recording right here so you can all do that, and we can do that after every scene. All right, we're back, and we've uh, all leaped to some great conclusions. I'm sure. uh, <laughs> at the end of this, we'll all share it um, and talk about that. Um, but, uh, we're now in scene two and everyone's roles passes to the left. So Aaron is now the world. Okay. Uh, Kale is now the chorus and I am the wanderer. Um, so, uh, we need a new location somewhere within the bone quarry. The traveler has left the spine bridge. Okay. Um, and you have to figure out also, what type of scene it is. Now, there only have to be two danger scenes in the first act, or five scenes total. We've already had one danger scene. So the other, so we could do another danger scene immediately, uh, but we can also do interaction and feature scenes. Interaction scenes are where there is someone to talk to. Maybe you would roleplay that person. If they're secondary characters, I would play that. Uh, or the course would play that. Um, and uh, feature scenes are like more of the, hey, this is a cool thing. This is... M- Moments of rare quiet and focusing on um, the environment itself. So okay. just building up things. So we and also each scene needs one piece of lore. So the first scene was the bone quarries are forbidden because you know by the prophet and cursed. Okay. So um, yeah. all right. Um, so yeah, you've made it. Well, what type of scene is this? Uh, we're gonna go with an interaction scene. Okay. So. Uh, okay, and. What is the name of this new location? Uh, let's see. Uh, it actually can be an existing one. Remember, we have some existing scenes, <laughs> uh, locations. Um, the... Uh, what was the first one called? Like the examiner's office, the bleach fields, and the house of skulls. Bleach fields. Or you can make one up. Okay. Um, this will be, yeah, beyond the bridge is the, uh, bleach field. So, mm-hmm. um, going forward, the wanderer sees just what initially seems to be of a, a, a shale, uh, ground of rock that is just going on for miles until they realize that, uh, it's, again, not rock itself, but, uh, different, bones of that's like travelers and whatnot that have actually been arranged into fields themselves each squared off each looking like they have odd plow lines that would go through like it is being readied for a harvest uh that has obviously never come uh but that being said they are all arranged oh thank you uh, in a way where they are rotated outside of uh, off one side where it is either you know they are bleached either white or are in certain states of decaying or yellow. Some that actually even still have meat or viscera on it that uh, is attended to by various crows or ravens along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, as the wanderer travels through there, they do see one lone figure uh, in 
a that's like covered head to toe in a white robe that almost makes them indistinguishable from the the bleached fields themselves, uh, meticulously turning over bones on each side. They don't even seem to notice the wanderer because they're so engrossed with their activity. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, this is a new character. Do we have a uh, a name for this character? Uh, so this is no Francis the Bone Monk. Francis the Bone Monk. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, this? Keeper of Tibius. Okay. Uh, what? And also, you need to figure out what this monk, what Francis wants from the Wanderer. They want something. Okay. So. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this, the problem with Francis is that his his duty is eternal. He cannot stop until ev- that's like the entire uh, court, uh, the entire field is bleached. As white, that's like that's like as white as the sands on the beach. It needs to be. That's like he cannot stop from there. So he. Well, okay. Well, you just need to know. Like we can introduce okay. a few conversations. So, um, I guess the wanderer Osk uh, looks at the bre- uh, bleach fields with disdain. Um, he's mild. He looks mildly put off by it. Uh, now, also, don't forget to ask the chorus questions about other things. So, the chorus can say that, or and the chorus can in, uh, suggest things as well. Yeah. So, so um, but yeah. Uh, uh, so, Osk will um, look at Francis uh, and see Francis uh, moving, uh, and ask, "Is any so are there are there other people visible, or just Francis?" Uh, Francis is alone, as far okay. as the wanderer can tell. Are you? So yeah, Fra- so us will go to Francis, I guess. It must and just ask, "Are you alone? Is there anyone else here?" I'm here with my friends, as he points out, attending to them maternally. There were many of us once when the fields were uh, oh a little, but all went to the fields eventually. Um. So uh, yeah, if the chorus. Uh, you want can uh look. If the wanderer does look down, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can identify. You, uh, there are bits and pieces on the bones that can be identified as different things. Uh, um, yeah, the the wind blows inner ear bones past in like sort of tumbleweed, click <laughs> clack waves. <laughs> yeah, they're they're hard to pin down. <laughs> they there's kind of like grit. Yeah, got Oscar's definitely gonna like be look. Realize what they are and be disgusted uh, at these. Like just like kick his boots off of them. Like trying, uh, but it never works. Um, I mean, I. So there's no one else here. Is this? I. This is where we all uh, all go. But I'm I'm trying to eventually brighten them from their mortal remains so the souls trapped within can fly free. They cannot do that unless they are completely cleaned by the sun itself. Uh, they, they cannot be cleaned. I see. Um, well, that sounds like a long and arduous task. It is eternal until my time comes and I must be purified by the sun. I see purified by uh, well, I, there's no one else here, no one at all? No, there was the one that passed through, but they refused to help, and in fact, 
I think we're trying to steal things from the bones themselves. The the, the last remaining essences. So, how can you steal from something that is just? Is no one owns this? So, but listen, if you will, and the chorus can describe the sounds that are should be coming <laughs> out. Oh, it's just whistling wind, <laughs> just. <laughs> And the sounds of bones clacking together periodically. Yeah. Oh. If they were scrimshaw desolation, that's that's all that's out there. <laughs> he he thinks he's hearing something in it. But. If they were clean, the wind should carry the vo- uh, the voices of the bones past, but they don't. Is there any place to get fresh water? Hmm. Uh, there is at least. That's uh, like there is one spring off to the side. Uh, but it is, uh, it's like, it is a well of the damned. It only leads into darkness. I see. Um, well, if you, I will take my leave and take my chances. Uh, I thirst, I thirst. Well, good luck. And remember, uh, if you do need to die, leave your bones by the side so I can find them. Yes, I will try to do that. Uh, Nods and just continues to turn and scrape. Checks his back several times, making sure no one is coming out at him from an angle. Nope, um, just the, 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 per, the perennial sounds of, bo- of bones turning and scraping. Just. Turning and scraping. <laughs> um, okay, so that was an interaction scene. So uh, what's the bit of lore we got from that? Um, we... Uh, so what, what, wait, the lore would be why Francis is doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what was the reason again? Uh, trying to purify it as a burial rite to put these the spirits to rest, but also... Bones they, must be purified. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, to purify the soul, but the souls are not at rest or have been stolen. Bones must be purified or their souls will be not at rest. Uh, yeah, they'll be to, unrestful. To, to put or corrupted. Okay. So. All right. So that's the lore. You don't know why that is, but you know you got to purify those bones. Um, so uh, put souls at rest. Okay, so uh, that ends the scene. Uh, I imagine. I mean, Oscar's just going to leave because uh, <laughs> creepy bone guy deuces. So, <laughs> uh, so it definitely seems a bit off. Um, all right, so we're going to pause again and uh, write down our theories. So. All right, we're back, and we're ready for the third scene, uh, and the world is now Caleb. Um, what are the types of scenes again? Uh, danger, interaction, and uh, feature scenes. Feature scenes are trying to focus more on the uh, the world and sort of like giving a chance for uh, to develop the character of the Wanderer a bit, and also just, um, you know, like they just encounter something that's interesting. Um, not necessarily a person or a fight or a danger. So, like, some weird thing. Hmm. Um, let's see here. So, but yeah, another interaction scene. We can have another danger scene. Um, yeah. Danger scenes. There we go. Danger scenes. Interaction scenes and feature scenes. To open a feature scene, what location the scene takes place in, what lore the wanderer find, and how that lore is concealed in that location. So this will also be like, I guess, an investigative. Feature scenes could be investigative to a degree. Um, with no enemies to fight, it's like how you, how the wanderer explores their surrounding. Um, 
So, yeah, and, and elaborate on the peculiarities of the area. So that's that's what features. But we've done danger, we've done interaction. So mm-hmm. what are you thinking? Um, I guess I'll do a feature scene. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is this at one of our uh, established locations? Uh, the one of the... We have uh, we already did bleach fields. Uh, it's in the Talcum Dunes. The Talcum Dunes. Ooh, cool. I like that. Um, all right. And uh, what do the Talcum Dunes look like? Uh, the Talcum Dunes are chalk white, uh, enormous rolling sand dunes of bone powder that have come to rest between the uh, increasingly close uh, crenellated and arching spine bridges as they go uh, further inland into the bone quarry, uh, arching above Osk uh, in impossible angles to climb as, you know, vertebrae snap and come to rest. and uh, it, walking across the dunes requires wading through the, the bone dust of ages mm-hmm. uh, underneath the canopy of the, the writhing uh, snake-like spines of the old serpents. Yeah. Oh, the old serpents. Okay. Um, so the, the bridges, the, there's more spine bridges than they go above the talcum dunes. Is that how to navigate it? Um, yeah, but the, the angle gets too high. You can't okay. climb them forever into the sky because the vertebrae get larger and further apart. Okay. Uh, so you've got to the, navigate the detritus beneath. Yeah. Okay. So, uh. From the bleach fields on the outskirts. Right. Yeah. So as Osk. Uh, hits the, the, the sheer scale of the spine bridges causes Osk to like pause for a moment and look up and kind of utterly just it takes it it takes him a minute to take it in just to realize how big these are so yeah, yeah. of course you get add in details well, I, well I'm actually the one oh, now oh, so. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's okay sorry, but, just, yeah. but that's pretty much well speaking of Osk's uh, reaction to this uh and concerned that he will not be able to traverse this. But uh, that being said, there are, that's like, he does feel that he can get away by climbing up some, or ambling up some of these uh, vertebrae as far as he can, taking the harpoon and uh, creating uh, bridges or lines with the rope as well going across. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in some cases, going a little bit higher to try to create a zip line that he can utilize to get with his uh, cloak. Okay. Uh, utilize, also using the his ice armor to slicken it, it along his way. And so, oh, right. Yeah, we haven't used the ice armor very much. So, which, yeah. uh, if nothing else, dipping his face down into it is at least some protection as even though it permanently refreezes itself, it will. It does provide at least enough moisture in the time where he does, he's not completely choked out by the bone dust. Okay. Um, uh, so, Chorus, what uh, new rot does he find in this place that hints as to how everything else became so bony and desiccated? Um, okay, so he finds... Um, Actually, uh, a uh, mummified corpse uh, of a 
a moment by corpse sitting in a, in a, a trance up in some little crevice up hundreds of feet above the, uh, uh, the talcum dunes on one of the, the this world serpent or giant serpent um, spine bridges and uh, in it though the the in, in the hands of this mummified corpse um, there uh, grow there's actually a a uh, nest of uh, young bats, um, new life uh, taking shelter in the old, um, and uh, they are unafraid of Osk, um, simply chirping at him, uh, expecting food uh, in the form of insects, um, waiting for their uh, parents to come back. Um, so yeah, cute baby bats uh, in, in the co- corpse in the mummified corpse's hands. Uh, Osk realizes that this showing of life is even though it is in the most of the most blasted of lands mm-hmm. uh, needs to continue to go forward and voluntarily takes out some of the uh, some sort of dry jerky of his own <laughs> making at some point uh, and gingerly feeds it to each of the bats before going forward so okay um, yeah, we can keep going, or we can end the scene uh, as Osk makes his way across the Talcum mm-hmm. Dunes. Um, yep, sounds good. Yeah, I think the lore is that the spine bridges are made from, what were they, what kind of serpents are they? Uh, I just called them the old serpents. The old serpents, serpents. yeah, so that's a bit of lore. The, the spine bridges are the old, yeah. Uh, so, spine bridges... Old serpents. We have old serpents now. Uh, I really want to replay this. Only the lore you're doing is just like Metal Gear Solid bullshit. <laughs> it's equally inexplicable. Yeah. I met Die Bone Man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, that would be pretty easy to understand. Um, or just part right. full Death Stranding in meantime. Uh, we will pause again uh, as we do more uh, lore. Or jumping to conclusion. All right, we're back in, and I am back as the world. Um, and let's see. So we've done one of each type of scene. I'm not going to do the second danger scene because that would be <laughs> I don't want to follow. Um, but uh, I kind of want let's see here uh, to do a interaction scene. Um, so, uh, and this will be at the, uh, so after the Talgum Dunes, uh, Osk, uh, arrives at the, um, the trading house, um, where, uh, it is a, uh, so the trading house, it, uh, uh, is a massive hall, well, we'll call it the trading hall. Uh, is a massive uh, stone structure, rare here. It is not made of bone, um, but it is a massive, long uh, uh, building uh, with many entrances, many gates, uh, so that many uh, each gate is wide enough to allow a wagon in. Um, and uh, inside, uh, as Osk jumps off the bridge and gets inside. He can see uh, there is a woman uh, calling out for bids uh, on this fine pile of uh, bones. 
um, still pure, still sealed um, in uh, by the prophets, uh, still sealed, intact, uh, sealed by the prophet's blessing, uh, un, uh, un, unsullied by the corruption. Um, you there, uh, who, who's willing to see? Uh, yeah, you, you there. Perhaps you would like uh, this this cask of bones, unsullied, pure. What what do you have to trade? You you look like you're from the north. Surely you have some delicious sweets, some uh, some rare preserved meat. Um, do I? I don't know. I'm sure. Uh, Osk throws a. <laughs> Well, actually, um, what kind of food does Osk have to oh. uh, He, uh, it's like most of the, uh, uh, most of the, the, the uh, smoked and tanned grizzly that he had is gone at this point. <laughs> so part of that given over to the bats. But uh, I will say that there's a rare strain of uh, dried ice berries that he, that's like he's been carrying around with him for a while. Mm-hmm. It's a it is a stark reminder of home. Okay. Uh, he throws the sack in front of the woman. <gasps> oh, ice berries. I've not tasted these in so long. Yes, I'm a traitor. It's so good to see. <laughs> Men of the north do not risk corruption by wearing the bones of gods. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You do not want. It is sealed. Look, the prophet's blessing is here. Uh, I will also uh, put down like a like a crystal vial. I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need your tears. Of mourning is best. Well, why would I be mourning? I am a prosperous merchant. We are just merely slow mourning. The, 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 your the, memory of mourning shall suffice. Uh, your tears, or you get nothing. My tears. What? What do I have to cry over? I see that would be for you to decide. What? Give it to me, and you shall cry over it no longer. Uh, uh, the 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 traitor. Uh, the the the. She she looks at very hungrily at the iceberries. It's been so long. I don't know what do the iceberries taste of. I do not remember. Before I make my trade. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. He just. Yeah. Mutters that and stares into the middle <laughs> distance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I. Surely you are not here to take an old woman's tears. What? You, you. But I, I will tell you. Uh, go no further here. It is uh, darker, and the further down you go, you, you don't want to go to the bottom of the quarry. Um, the sun does not never reaches that that far down. Uh, this is as far as the light goes. Um, but I'll, uh, I, I remember what was, what was their name? My, my children's and my children's children. They, they're out. Uh, tell me, how was traffic on the bridge? Sparse. <laughs> <laughs> They've been away so long. I, it is, it is still, I, I, well, at least the bats have not roosted yet. That's the, the prophecy says as long as the bats uh, the bats are the ill omen. As long as we don't see them, we'll be fine. Yes, I, I will cry tears of joy. <laughs> she laughs. Uh, Is she crying tears of joy? She's she's crying. She looks very sad. Uh, can I catch the tears in the bottle? Yes. All right, I'll leave with the berries. Yeah. 
Uh, Os smashes the the vial against his armor, mm-hmm. uh, and the waters of the tears freezes and makes another pauldron. Mm-hmm. And then he says, "A good trade," and wanders off. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, no, that's fucking good. Uh, we'll call the scene there. Yeah. Um, and we gotta write some theories, yeah. Alright, about the trade. Uh, yeah, so the lore of this, um, I would say probably, um... The pauldron of frozen tears. It could be about the armor, um, or it could be about the quarry. Light doesn't go below, uh, further on. The light does not reach it, because we're going down, like, deeper into the quarry, so, um... I would say, uh, although the I, I like the ice armor thing, we'll say the ice armor. Um, <laughs> that was excellent. Yeah, um, catches mourning uh, or, or the the suffering of others. Uh, yeah, the tears. Yeah, gotta make ice from something. Yeah, seems pretty dry here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. All right. Uh, all right. So we'll uh, write some theories. One second. All right, uh, now we're at our fifth scene uh, for the first act, so, um, and this has to be danger, because we've only done one danger so far. Yep. So, uh, where are we? What is this location called? Uh, this will actually be the House of Skulls. This is the House of Skulls, mm-hmm. okay. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, the, the path uh, from the, that's like the market, uh, continues to uh take the traveler, as they said, further and further down. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, that's like as they as he continues to go down, it becomes far more oppressively hot, as though there is a massive heat source all around him, though he cannot tell where that is initially coming from, since it just seems completely omnipresent. Luckily, the new pauldron is doing its job of keeping him as cool as possible. So. Okay. Uh, until he starts to see at least one they, uh, one speck of light that off in the distance, which become, sprouts into multiple different versions of that, which initially is thinking it could just be candles. Uh, but it appears to be some sort of ghost light as there are multitudes of skulls that are starting to line the walls, each with ghostly green eyes and... Uh, uh, eyes in each of their sockets, uh, eventually ending in what looks like a very small house that is built at the end of this tunnel completely out of skulls uh, that it has otherwise looks kind of dark except for one lantern in the middle and somebody sitting at the end of a table uh, beckoning towards the wanderer. I cannot see, he cannot see him clearly at the time, at this moment, uh, due to the shadows around, despite the light. And so... Uh, Alright, so the Wanderer looks at each, at the skulls, suspiciously, uh, and hoists the uh, harpoon at the ready, um, and calls out to the person at the table, um, and... um, Although I'm, I'm merely passing through, what do you wish of me... So, uh, it's also, uh, if 
the figure continues to beckon the wanderer closer into the actual house before mm-hmm. uh, answering any of the questions. How big is this house? Is it like the size of a cabin? Uh, each small cabin. Small so, cabin. Okay. Yeah. And Baba Yaga size. Baba yeah, Yaga size. size. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bad Baba Yaga. So it's a single Baba Yaga. <laughs> okay. Yeah. One yeah. bedroom, one bath. You only get to dump Baba Yaga down legs. here. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're lucky uh, if you have the chicken legs down here. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, he he the 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 wanderer steps into the the house of skulls. Uh, the doors completely sur- well, it's like it disappears. It just mm-hmm. seems that all the skulls have reformed itself around, and it looks uh, the figure looks up. Uh, you, it can can't really see its face except that it seems to almost change in the light, mm-hmm. uh, going back and forth. What does the face look like then? Uh, it looks like different faces, specifically things that, you know, it's like different faces of old, young there, uh, specific details. Uh, a specific face what are comes up. Some of the, faces? Uh, the faces that look yeah. uh, across the table. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, the, the figure is wearing a cloak mm-hmm. and all the all is visible is the face. Um, it uh, Oh, it looks of Osk's uh, it looks if someone Osk finds very familiar, but okay, um, can't place at all. So. <laughs> someone who uh, Osk seems familiar, um, Firekeeper, uh, <laughs> and he, he uh, uh, catches himself um, and raises the spear, uh, raises his harpoon up, and just throws it as soon as he sees the familiar face. <laughs> all right, uh, the uh, it's like uh, so as it's going through uh, the the harpoon seems to find its target. Uh, but when Os pulls back on it, mm-hmm. there doesn't seem to be any uh, weight to it at all. It literally is standing in midair. When he pulls back on it, it comes out just coated in what can only be described as the viscera of darkness. It doesn't even feel right. Uh, the figure looks up and says, Combat will be necessary to pass uh, me, but if you wish to find the one you seek... So that requires a game, and you see several cards going on to the table. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. So representing different animals. Oh, okay. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, he's, oh, he's giving you an inscription. Yeah, yeah, I'm giving you a gift. But so. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the chorus gets to determine what price. It gives me two prices to potentially pay. Uh, all right, you can choose to... And these uh, are relatively minor in Act 1. Uh, yeah, you can choose to fight the creature anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which case, uh, Osk is injured, but saved by his ice armor. But mm-hmm. uh, as that piece cracks, he loses that memory of mourning mm-hmm. forever. Uh, and cannot remember that pain anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and much of the armor is built of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he can play the game, mm-hmm. which is rigged, and uh, lose uh, his precious hourglass that we gave him. Okay. Um, so Osk uh, chooses to fight, and he loses a piece of his armor. Uh, there's nothing under the poncho but spines. Yeah. All, all grafted <laughs> to a single ominous head. Yeah. Uh, casting illusions in the hood. <laughs> yeah. Claws uh, at you like a spider. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, absolutely, you managed to wink that, but it does exact its price. 
uh, before dying, or at least assuming that you think it's dying, uh, taking the pauldron off and saying the clear morning skies are something you will never experience again, and you can feel the tears rolling down your face as you realize that that memory is gone, and then become slightly confused about what you were crying about. <laughs> it, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, uh, responds. It's impaling weapon, man. It's yeah, like crayon skeletons. I know. It's not. way more blunt. Um, yeah, but you, you're gonna stab it enough. You kind of need a sword breaker for that. But, uh, <laughs> you stab it enough, they, they, it smashes. Really, it still smashes. It's magic harpoon. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it'll still do the job. Um, okay, so uh, let's see here. All right, so we finished uh, scene the first act, um, and uh, before we get to writing down our theories, um, well, actually, no, we'll do our theories then. I'll read the next part. Okay. Uh, the lore is uh, well. Actually, that's up to the world. What is the lore? Uh, something oh. about. Uh, um, Skullhouses so, playing card games. Oh yeah, yeah. so this is yeah the. <laughs> Uh, the lore of this particular one is uh, the uh, yeah. This is the the final exit into the the catacombs underneath that that you it literally okay. is a, a bet whether or not you get well, the down. entrance to the yeah catacombs. yeah the entrance to the catacombs. Skull House of Skulls is entrance to the catacombs. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That is that is definitely lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Now we get to write our uh, theories. Alright, uh, part one of the game uh, as ended, I'm reading from the teaching guide again. Uh, now we enter into part two. Starting with this next scene, at the end of any scene, the wanderer can choose to initiate the final confrontation with the adversary. This can happen one of three ways. If at the end of the scene, the wanderer decides to go somewhere where the adversary might be lurking, but feels like the right time, the player the wanderer can choose to initiate the final confrontation. The next scene will be the revelation. Alternatively, if after a part two scene, the new world wants to initiate the violent confrontation, they can choose um, uh, to frame their next scene as the revelation. In this case, rather than the wanderer entering the adversary's lair, the adversary comes to confront the wanderer instead. Finally, if after three scenes, neither of the above has happened. The next scene will be the revelation. So um, we, yeah, we have to. It cannot be this first scene. Uh, but after that, it's up to the whoever's playing the wanderer or the world. Okay. Um, basically, so uh, and then we have the yeah the revelation. So uh, there's two scenes for the revelation: the, the confrontation and then the epilogue. So, uh, but yeah, that that's that's part three. So I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, okay, so. Uh, I am. Oh uh, yes, the world. Uh, what kind of scene is this? Same thing, but now the stakes are higher. We have left the House of Skulls, and this was the entrance to the catacombs. Is that where we're going, or what? What? What location in in the catacombs is that? Like, uh, it's a danger scene. Okay. Uh, it's the sclerotic stairwell, uh, which is a. Uh, circular twisting uh, stairwell of bone uh, mm-hmm. where the the old serpents writhe between our world and the next mm-hmm. uh, that leads down into abyssal darkness uh, on these like weaving intertwining uh, stairways of bone. Yeah. Scalar staircase. Cool. I like that. Um, 
So, uh, what is the nature of, uh, yeah, what's the danger? Or like, uh, as Osk is walking, um, on, on the vertebrae, mm-hmm. um, there appear, uh, in front of him, uh, gossamer wires of metal that he sees strung throughout the various vertebrae, trip wires. Almost. Oh, okay. a, a fall on the sclerotic stairwell would be quite bad. Okay. Okay, so it's like, okay. Uh, so yeah, I guess then the Wanderer has to... Yeah. How, how is the Wanderer navigating the uh, these deadly traps? Okay. Um, so the issue of that is, uh, and just to make sure, it's all strung up all along the stairs, so it's yeah, all easy. Yeah, up and down. Yeah. Up and down to it. Um, uh, and was it like a full spiral staircase going multiple, multiple ones interlocking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that. Um, so he realizes that he can. That's like that. Even though this is set up in an intricate pattern, this is very the 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 basic setup is simple to most of the traps that he set with his father while hunting big prey out in the wilds and starts taking calculated risks to activate certain of these wires in succession in hopes that it will literally jam up the different traps on each other. So making just very slow calculated risks of uh, attacking, avoiding, and then trying to lock each uh, trap up. Is this the uh, scene before the end or not? Because you decide that. Uh, I thought you would decide that. No, you you both get a chance oh, to decide. Okay. Like, I like thought... the world, the 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 wanderer. If at the end of the scene, the wanderer can decide to go. So at ah, the end okay. of the scene, the wanderer can end decide the that it's the yeah uh, that this <gasps> the, net being the world for... uh, can at the at the parts you've seen the new world, the next world person in the new world. So yeah, it's at the end of the scene where we decide if the next thing's okay. going to be the, the okay. So all right, chorus. Okay, so. What are the stakes then yeah. of him uh, disarming these traps? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so in order to disarm these traps, uh, it is, um, he, uh, the, oh, he has to, um, either, uh, call up a memory, uh, of his father in order to remember how to disarm these traps exactly. Um, and that will, um, uh, he knows to do so. He will have to call up his father. He will have to call upon his father's spirit, uh, which will cause his father's spirit to suffer uh, in the afterlife. It will cause him a, a century of misery. Um, so uh, he can do that, or um, he uh, can draw upon uh, the spirits of the hunt to tell him how to do this. In which case. Uh, he will be hunted as prey in the next time he sleeps and have vivid nightmares uh, that will uh, torment him. Okay. Uh, I know this is the last one, but no, I'm not going to take my father, so I will take the, the burden of the nightmares upon... Well, he will also will take the burden of the nightmares upon himself, so... Okay. Uh, um, so yeah, he, he is not going to have sleep for a while, um, <laughs> and he will wake up bleeding. Uh, but yeah, so that that's going to go to sleep. It's fine. Um, so, uh, in the lore of this, um, 
Uh, it could have been about the old serpents. Um, what was the? What were you saying about the old serpents? Um, this is where their ball writhed between our world and the next. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. The all right. The ball. Uh, the the uh, serpents writhe here. Um, yeah, that's lore. <laughs> uh, between this world and the next, they're from another world. Okay. Um, between worlds, yay! But I didn't know they were between worlds, but they are. Ow. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, all right. We'll pause so we can. Uh, well, it's at the end of the scene now. Oh yeah. So, um, so Wanderer, do you side? Um, do you, are you going to go somewhere where the adversary might be lurking? Um, I'll go and just pause it for a second for group consensus. Do we want to? It's your go choice. To the end. So. Okay, so yeah, uh, we're just gonna yeah we're gonna confront the adversary now. Okay, so. uh, the next scene will be the revelation. So okay. um, we will first write our things down. Do, 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 do. All right, uh, now we are moving into the final moments of the game. Uh, the wanderer is about to confront the adversary, and at most one of them will walk away. Uh, before we can do that, someone needs to be the one to decide what the adversary is and volunteer to take the role of the world for this last clash. We've been writing idea, ideas down as we go, leaping to conclusions, so this shouldn't be too difficult. The idea is to create an adversary which fits naturally with the lore everyone has contributed to this point and feels like a good fit for the area they dominate. Uh, does anybody have a good idea for the adversary? Let's see. Um, the Prophet Serpent. Uh, I mean, yeah, it sounds like you, you have an idea. Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, in that case, you play the world. Um, and let's see here. The, uh, let's, otherwise I'll come in and come up with something. All right. The next two scenes for the revelation. Um, during the revelation, uh, uh, well, I'll just read this. Uh, well, you can, uh, the final paragraph, the world. Um, the next two scenes of the Revelation, where I tell you what the adversary is, and the Clash, where the Wanderer and the adversary stage their final encounter. During the Revelation, I will be doing most of the description, but the chorus can weigh in as normal. The Clash operates just like the danger scenes we've seen so far, except there will be two prices to pay. The boss has a second phase. Uh, the adversary has a second phase. <laughs> so, um, yes, at the scene, where what is this location called? Oh. Uh, the floor of creation. The floor of creation. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what does it look like? Uh, uh, just a, a vast abyssal plain uh, mm-hmm. where the the writhing spines of the serpents mm-hmm. uh, unkink and go off into uh, eight cardinal directions okay. forever into the abyss. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so tell us about the prophet uh, serpent. Um, a, a giant world-eating serpent that has uh, encircled the remains and still lives, uh, although it is old and ancient mm-hmm. and uh, covered in uh, skin it has not shed uh, and, and flaking off. Uh, and it's in a hat. It's got like a big Pope hat. Oh, it's a prophet nice. serpent. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> cool. Uh all right, how does the wander react? Uh, uh, with abject stoicism, uh, <laughs> seeing uh, the 
That's uh, uh, yeah, the uh, the architect of all of his doom. What what that which has trapped his father in an afterlife. Well, we only we, that's internal. Oh, we sorry. Yeah, that. I, I knew it a minute ago. So. Oh, yeah, uh, no, I just pulls out the weapon. The uh, harpoon, yeah. yeah, the harpoon spinning it. Uh, determined to take it down. All right, <laughs> how, all right. In the first part of the fight, how does the the prophet serpent attack? Oh, okay. It, um. Well, uh, I suppose it's just writhing around, shattering through the skyscraper tall construction of its mm-hmm. uh, dead former lovers. So just up and down like a remora just... eel, screaming you know, through okay. the dark. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, a lot of dodge rolling is required. All right. Uh-huh. Wait, no tanking. <laughs> okay, so the uh, Osk has two choices for a price, but the first phase... Uh, either some broken ribs uh, from being slammed uh, by the the attack, um, or his um, left hand uh, is uh, pulverized uh, as it's caught between one of these uh, petrified, ossified uh, serpents and the the prophet serpent. Okay, um, well, the left hand pulverized. So as he's trying to repel down uh, one of the other gigantic spines and does get a hit in, but it almost literally rips the hand off at at, at the wrist. Okay. Uh, so he's wounded, uh, but what how, what kind of injury does Osk deliver to the Prophet Serpent in return? Uh, by doing that, though, he managed to at least gain enough momentum to spin the harpoon uh, and get and land a hit on the base of its neck, and as it's pulling up, he yanks it the uh, the rope back down, which causes a large uh, laceration to form at the ba- at the base of its own spine, creating okay. an open wound, a, a very open wound down to its core. So okay, uh, all right. What how what what is the second phase of the fight then? Um. Uh, I mean, they could have a magical attack. Or oh, the pro- so the prophet serpent falls down dead, mm-hmm. uh, and then Osk is getting ready to leave mm-hmm. when uh, there is a twitch in the corpse mm-hmm. of the prophet serpent, of course, uh, and then a um, a naked, uh, shining, golden uh, woman crawls from the gullet. Of the prophet serpent, mm-hmm. uh, Beatrice, uh, the first concubine of humanity, uh, whom he consumed to begin the fall. Uh, she's got crazy AOE attacks. <laughs> just like uh, magical or like a sword? Oh, both. Uh, both? Okay. Just tear- tearing into. Uh, okay. She's got a flame sword that's not good when you have ice armor. No, it's not. Uh, she's just tearing into the the outsider barbarian that killed her husband. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so for prices for Osk, uh, um, his armor. Uh, well, yeah. You, how do you? How does Osk attack or counterattack? Um, yeah. I, so I can at least. Uh, yeah. So finding uh, all of the all of the AOE attacks that are out there, you cannot get any kind of. Uh, that's like any kind of actual hit on it through the harpoon. It actually disintegrates mm-hmm. during the fight because it uh, of the massive blast of energy that is coming from, <laughs> coming from Beatrice, and decides that it is he can only do one other thing that would at least hopefully give him the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, take 
how to like decide to finally how to like access the uh, the inner power mm-hmm. of his clan, which literally melts off of the ice armor. Mm-hmm. So as he's overheating, giving him speed, but also takes off the hourglass amulet, mm-hmm. uh, the, which uh, is like the uh, amulet of lost time. Shatters it, which stops time enough for him to get one final shot in. Okay. Um, so the uh, price he can pay uh, is that when he slays uh, Beatrice, um, he uh, could either um, lose his left uh, uh, arm up to the elbow uh, as the energy corrupts his wounded hand and he has to take his hunting knife out and cut it off before it spreads to the rest of his body. Um, Or uh, the magical energy uh, transforms him um, into a strange uh, 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 monstrous uh, serpent hybrid uh, being. Um, So... Uh yeah, he'll just take the ultimate sacrifice of his arm to basically, uh, yeah, to end Beatrice once and for all. So, okay. um, very good. Uh, so now everything's almost over. We move on to the epilogue. Uh, we change roles one more time, um, and then the uh, so we we just go and do that. So, okay. um, uh, let's see here. The Wanderer must choose whether they replace the adversary or abandon the area. Uh, and then the world narrates how the area has changed as a result of the Wanderer's decisions. So I'll uh, explain that a little more in detail. But basically, yeah, you can either live in the catacombs now. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure why, but uh, that is... It's always a choice. choice so. Yeah. Um, then the... Uh, or you can abandon the area and move on, but if, yeah, so if they choose to replace, uh, then the world narrates how the area changes the world through the Wanderer's action. So, um, yeah, uh, Osk, Mr. Wanderer, um, what does Osk do? Does Osk uh, replace the adversary, or do they, does he leave? Uh, Osk leaves, yeah. yeah. He's on the, he's on that Ranny shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, probably absorbed. Well, he he obviously probably uh, uh, absorbs her breath, mm-hmm. uh, dying breath, to regain his power. Uh, gets a new set of crystal uh, ice armor. Uh, a lot of mourning there for a dead uh, world serpent and uh, concubine of the first the first concubine, the first concubine, concubine of humanity. Yeah, yeah. first concubine <laughs> of humanity. Um, let's see here. So, what effects does the adversary's death uh, or absence on the local environments uh, change? Um, I would say, uh, with the death of the prophet serpent, um, that a great storm, um, it starts to rain for the first time in countless years, uh, over the bone quarry. Um, the prophet server kept it dry, uh, but now that that is gone, uh, there is a great flood, uh, beginning, uh, washing away the talcum dunes, uh, knocking the bridges down. Uh, the quarry becomes a lake, um, and the uh, uh, and there's no more corruption in that regard because uh, there's no more bones. Uh, they are now buried beneath just calcium lake. Yeah, um, the the many of the bats die, but enough of them survive. The spine bridge is still intact. Uh, the outer areas are fine or intact. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, so it is a new realm. Who knows what, uh, will it become a calcium lake? Will the, the calcium, will the bones take over the waters or will the waters uh, pollute and dilute the, uh, we don't know, but it is now a lake, uh, life begins anew. Um, yeah. Um, and that's, uh, let's see if the owner died. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And everybody in mo- all the people, the, bo- uh, the wandered men are dead. <laughs> Sweet dead. The the trading hall was flooded. Release of dead. Uh, Francis the Bone. Uh, Francis the Bone Monk's just like yeah. Yeah, Francis was actually close enough to the the bridge. He could have escaped, but he chose not to. He let himself be flooded to to stay with the bones. No, God, he's like that one guy from Waterworld. Finally, yeah, finally, (laughs) exactly. That's Um, how everybody is in a game like this. Yeah. Finally. Uh, so, uh, and that's it. Any loose ends re- remain unresolved. Uh, they re- any questions unanswered remain unanswered. Uh, okay. uh, Osk moves on. And uh, so, uh, first off, question, comment, discussion, what you guys think of the game? Um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Fun yeah. no prep um, system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I was thinking right now, I know we probably, it was probably us right now, just kind of just discussing, like, everything we were Yeah, well, I, I, I do want to go over our, each of our theories yeah. for it, but, like, uh, just any other thoughts on the system okay. or the presentation. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd be interested to see it do something other than what it's trying to emulate. Like, there is, like, it's Not because I think that's, like, something it has to be able to do as a game system. Yeah. Just because I'd be interested to see how it turns out. Yeah, I do want to get Lovecraft esque now, because that's Lovecraftian horror, so yeah. with that could be done for a cosmic horror. We're seeing it where it's more like I mean, like yeah. the trip version, right, of an adventure where it's not immediately Dark Souls, but something that's more, uh, I guess, like Ryotama for lack of a better uh, description, yeah. where you're just doing the journey and seeing how that might turn out. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What kind of like genre or subgenres of stories would you most want to emulate with this kind of system? Anything in mind? Well, I think you could do like something equally inscrutable. Like, oh yeah, like Metal Gear anytime. Yeah. yeah, Metal Gear is actually a really good idea. I like doing. Yeah. I, uh, next time I do this, if I, I, I definitely want to do a Metal Gear. Version. Just start yeah. talking about Bilderberg Group and like <laughs> the Patriots and yeah. you know all that kind of nuts. <laughs> I do. Yeah, uh, yeah. A metal, I want to get that in on that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, that, that, um, just that the, would be very good. Yeah. Um, um, so I think that that's something we'll have to do at some point. Um, Maybe obviously the more weeb choice right now, seeing how an isekai thing could work out with this. So you're just dropped into yeah. another world. So and yeah. having to kind of yeah, isekai, out. yeah, type fantasy anime would be very easy to do with this. Um, but yeah, so um, I didn't have enough snake girlfriends for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, in terms of personal theories, um, I'll go first. My overall theory um, is that the old serpents. Um, voluntarily sacrifice themselves to help the younger people, the prophets people. Uh, but the prophets people uh, enslaved other groups of people in order to mine the bone quarry and, and betrayed the old serpents. Uh, and that the adversary was a serpent hybrid assassin who was sent to punish them uh, for their uh, sacrilege. Um, and that's, that's what have been the, yeah, the adversary. So everything was a judgment from the old serpents for, we gave you all this shit and then you, you fucked it all up and enslaved people. And not, that's not cool. That's not what we, want. we wanted you to all be peaceful, and nice. And now fuck you. Uh, <laughs> so that was my overall theory. Uh, like the bridge was like 
at its height, a place of merchant, you know, traffic, uh, economic engine, very prosperous. The bone trade went all over the world. The trading hall, there were thousands people visiting and the bones were a very important economic, you know, the system to safety and stability and prosperity. But then they had to go and fuck it up and piss off the old serpents, you know, uh, cause they killed their mortal forms, but not their spirit forms. And so that's why they sent the, the spirit serpent hybrid to uh, punish them. Um, so that was, that was my overall theory. We can get into specifics, but that was, um, Kale, what was your theory? I think this game's like good for making a monologue that they would record and put into a Godspeed song. Yeah. <laughs> you see the serpents or the, yeah. Uh, I, I said that, uh, the bone quarry was the remains of the mating ball of the gods mm-hmm. where the old serpents, uh, bred and birthed the world into being. Oh, okay. uh, but, um, one of them, the prophet serpent betrayed the, uh, snake polyamory agreement and, uh, <laughs> fell in love monogamously with Beatrice, the first concubine of humanity. Oh no. <laughs> uh, and, and through loving humanity, he destroyed the rest of the world. Oh. Uh, and, uh, the other snakes died of heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the beginning of the last age. Uh, oh, yeah, damn. From Softy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, yeah, uh, yeah mine was a little more basic on there. Uh, I initially said that the uh, uh, the bone fields or the bone yard was essentially uh, an area called the Soul Forge of an older civilization that oh, was utilizing, cool. uh, yeah, basic soul magics to create different, uh, nec- uh, not just necromancy, but a bunch of other uh, horrifying mm-hmm. magics. Uh, they grew to, the country they worked for grew to... Uh, uh, that's like opulent and uh, greedy, and they decided that they needed a final defense. So they ended up trying to create a titan, which completely blew out of proportion. Uh, and that's uh, immediately decided to, uh, once it was created, uh, essentially erased everybody else mm-hmm. from this uh, creating the giant bone fields as necessary. So it was just the remnant of the civilization uh, that everything kind of went down words from there uh where you, when you were saying that at the markets they had mm-hmm. uh the bold bones of the old nobles that was ones that had a little bit of magic left over that people could use for survival or whatnot um the hall itself right now is thinking of more just the entrance to a giant necropolis that had been constructed after the fact of where people tried to survive i mean i called it a trading hall yeah, so but yeah that was the brain that i went to and then the adversary was uh the reincarnation of a that's uh, like uh, the apprentice of the main uh, magi- the main sorcerer who created the Titan and his love was destroyed in there so he immediately was trying to uh, basically corrupt everything that he could in order to get her back including going to the world serpent to huh. get her back yeah cool I like how we did even though with the similar like very different like theories um, and I think that's probably I guess the main point of the game is to come up with like wildly different theories for the same set of vague ass lore um, I the only thing is I realized I didn't really come up like why okay the bones are important for Trey but like why yeah. uh, I guess they're magic don't worry about it they're, it's just magic stuff used for magic it's <laughs> like we dig them out of the ground, we use them for fuel for our magic stuff. That's not a so. metaphor for anything. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the bones uh, are present; they will never run out. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> cool. Well, that that's a uh, bleak spirit. It was certainly bleak, um, <laughs> and I, I feel 
Vague. I, I want points for how few from shock jokes I made. <laughs> you you did you did you did try your best. I you did do points my for great. So. You did. It was very good. I'm very proud of you, Caleb. All right, thank you. you. All right. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. Uh, before we go, Caleb, do you want to plug anything? Uh, yeah, by Phase Anatomy. Uh, it it is currently available for PDF and should be available for print very soon. Yay! Uh, cool. We'll do another. AP of that, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. on drive through RPGs. So. Yay! Yeah. Drive through RPG! Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening. Okay, uh, bye. bye.